0: So, this morning, I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, well, just worship and service in general, I mean, because it affects everything, how we act, the choices we make, how we treat others, they're all affected by who we serve and what we worship. And we all serve something or worship something, whether people like to admit it or not, Um, many Times people tend to serve themselves. It feels natural being selfish. So, but that's not what we were. we weren't created to worship ourselves or be selfish, even though it can feel that's kind of natural sometimes. So much of what I'm gonna say and share with you this morning is drawn from a couple sources, of course. One's an article by Rabbi Russ Resnick, and another one's a teaching by Rav Mike. So, um, and a few thoughts of my own. So, if you'd like any of those. Uh, resources, I'd be more than happy, of course, as always, to share them with you. This week's Torah portions, Parsha Vaera is the second Torah portion, of course, in the book of Shemot, Exodus. The first Torah portion in Shemot is called Shemot, and that is where I would like to begin because I didn't really get to talk about that last week, so I'd just like to get into the first couple Torah portions to get kind of caught back up to speed being that I've been gone for a couple weeks, and thank you, Chris, for uh, his service in my absence. He did a wonderful job. But I'm going to start out this week in Parsha Shemot to begin with, and that is Exodus, actually in chapter 3, I'm going to begin. I think that's on page 61, if my note is correct here. Yes, chapter 3. Of the book of Exodus. Mm, Let's see here. I'm going to start in verse 1. And we'll kind of jump through this Torah portion and get into this week's Torah portion here. But you'll see where I'm going in a minute here. Chapter 3 of the book of Exodus. Verse 1. Now Moshe was tending the sheep of Yitro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. Leading the flock to the far side of the desert, he came to the mountain of God, to Horeb. And the angel of Adonai appeared to him in a fire blazing from the middle of a bush. He looked and saw that although the bush was flaming with fire, yet the bush was not being burned up. Moshe said, I'm going to go over and see this amazing sight and find out why the bush isn't being burned up. When Adonai saw that he had gone over to sea, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moshe, Moshe, he answered. Here I am, he said. Don't come any closer. Take your sandals off your feet because the place where you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued. The God of Abraham, the God of Yitzchak, and the God of Yaakov. Moshe covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Adonai said, I have seen how my people are being oppressed in Egypt. And heard their cry for release from their slave masters, because I know their pain. I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that country to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the place of the Kenani, the Hiti, the Amori, the Parisi, the Hivi, and the Yavusi, Yes, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have seen how terribly the Egyptians have oppressed them. Therefore, now, come and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you can lead my people, the descendants of Israel, out of Egypt. Moshe says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? He, Adonai, replies, I will surely be with you. Your sign that I have sent you will be that when you have led the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And there we have what I just want to talk about this morning. Like I said, worship and service. That word there for worship on this mountain, worship, in the Hebrew is avodah. Avodah, that's ayin bet dalit, of course, for the Hebrew students, but avodah, repeat after me, avodah. That's the Hebrew word of the day. And it means worship. And that was really the purpose of the people leaving Egypt was to go worship God. That would be the sign. And so Moshe argues a little bit with him. Moshe is really not exactly uh, on board with this whole idea and you know, I'm a terrible speaker. Uh, it's a long ways away. Lots of excuses he has. He doesn't really want to go. So let's continue in chapter 5. Flip over a page. After that, so Moshe meets up with Aaron. They're finally going to... Moshe's finally talked into getting over there and doing what Adonai told him to do. So Exodus, Shemot, chapter 5, verse 1. After that, Moshe and own. Um, came and said to Pharaoh, here is what Adonai, the God of Israel, says, let my people go so that they can celebrate a festival in the desert to honor me. But uh, Pharaoh's not going to have this. He says, who is Adonai that I should obey when he says to let Israel go? I don't know Adonai, and I also won't let Israel go. So Pharaoh, of course, isn't having it. And as a matter of fact, Pharaoh gets very irritated. Now, at this point, you know, that he had the children of Israel making bricks. Well, now he's going to say, you know what? Now that you've irritated me, you're going to have to double your workload and get your own straw yourself. So the children of Israel at this point are fairly irritated with Moshe. Let's continue reading in verse 15, just down just a little bit. The, uh, some of the people of Israel are going to complain to Pharaoh about his harsh treatment, right? Verse 15, then the foremen of the people of Israel came and complained to Pharaoh. Why are you treating your servants this way? No straw is given to your servants, yet they keep telling us to make bricks. And now your servants are being flogged, but the fault lies with your own people. Pharaoh, of course, is angry and irritated. Lazy, he shouts. Pharaoh's yelling at them back. You're just lazy. That's why you say, let us go sacrifice to Adonai. Get going now and get back to work. Not very nice. But that word there, work, when he says get back to work, is the same as worship. It's avodah. So avodah it can mean to worship, of course, but there is also a, uh, a work aspect to it as well. And so it means work, it means service, it means worship. There's kind of a range of meanings for the word avodah. Um, Israel, if you look at it this way, Israel's been serving Pharaoh and now they must serve God. You might say that Israel avodah, they'd had to worship Pharaoh, because the verb's the same. And uh, now they must uh, change their ways, leave, and go worship God. You know, they we're devoting all their time and their service to Pharaoh. Now it's time to switch that up a little bit. And Pharaoh is not having it. One more time, chapter 8. Go over a couple more pages. This week's Torah portion, of course, Vayera. Chapter 8, verse 12. This is... Uh, verse 12 is right where... Bonnie's, the two uh, Bonnies, had us this morning. Adonai said to Moshe, say to Aharon, reach out your staff and strike the dust of the ground, and it will become lice throughout the land of Egypt. And they did it. And Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust on the ground. And there were lice on people and animals. All the dust on the ground became lice throughout the whole land of Egypt. The magicians, um, Pharaoh's magicians, tried with their secret arts uh, to produce lice, but they couldn't. And there's lice on the people and animals. And the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh was made hard-hearted so that he didn't listen to them, just as Adonai said was going to happen. Adonai says to Moshe, get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh when he goes out to the water and say to him, here's what Adonai says, let my people go so that they can worship me again. Avodah. And again, this is a theme over and over. He goes, and this is really the only explanations he's given Pharaoh's. Let us go. We want to go worship God. Let my people go. Every time I, I get into this, uh, I just, it's the whole Charleston Heston thing in my head and 10 Commandments. You know that you know the 10 Commandments movie came out in 1956? That's 66 years ago. Raise your hand if you remember when the 10 Commandments come out. I'm Generation X, so that was me, but we really do ought to have a uh, screening of that, like around Pesach, a good old-fashioned. We say that every year, but we got to make good on these uh, threats because it's a classic. I actually started watching YouTube clips of it last night just because I was doing this and it got into my head. It's good stuff, great special effects, for the time, actually, wasn't bad. But this is the whole theme of the entire book of Exodus, let my people go that they may serve or worship me. And you can look at that phrase, let my people go that they may worship me, as, as the book of Exodus in two halves. The first half of the phrase, let my people go, describes the first half of Exodus where God's releasing all these plagues and trying to get Pharaoh to uh, let the people go and he, gets, he delivers them eventually by a mighty and outstretched arm, of course. And then the second half of the saying, that they may worship me, sort of picks up um, with the uh, experience at Sinai and the building of the tabernacle and uh, where Israel worships the Lord and dwells in their midst. That's where it's kind of at. The people will be freed from their slavery and they are going to be able to worship and serve their God as we all know. And that's what we were were created to do as human beings. We were created as worshiping beings and created for a relationship with God. When God created Adam, Adam walked in the garden, and there is just that intimacy of being in the presence of God. And that intimacy was lost, of course, when there was sin. And so worship is a way for us to connect with god on this side outside of the garden it's a moment where we uh, strive to elevate ourselves to show our appreciation and love for him and that's what we were created to do was have that connection with adonai so avodah or worship or service is um at the center of really who we are as human beings it shouldn't be an isolated event on one day of the week because service really is every day of the week. We should spend all our energies and time and passions to help increase God's glory. We often use the term praise and worship, right? You hear that a lot, to describe uh, the musical aspect of our service. But really, every aspect of our service is, is worship, whether it is um, the liturgy, whether it is wiping down tables after Oneg, because that's work, but that's done uh, for service of God's work, by extension. So worship really covers a lot more than just singing and what we do here. Worship covers a lot of aspects of one's life they might not realize. And there's a struggle for this worship because the adversary wants to disrupt that, um, that worship that we have. I'm feeling you, Beth, with the uh, throat thing. I haven't been right for a little bit. Well, let me turn the mic off and get this out of the way. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> Many people in the world today don't see themselves, or they see themselves, actually, as really autonomous beings. I have uh, coworkers actually, that say they're not spiritual at all, and that they don't worship anything. But really, I think think everyone worships something that's just giving your attention to something. And if you just look at someone's life, you can tell what it is. It could be Hollywood. It could be drugs and alcohol or social justice things, politics. I mean, there's plenty in this world to put your attention to and to sort of worship and serve. And so everyone worships something, whether they want to word it like that or not. And the adversary uh, is winning a lot of those battles. The adversary knows we are created as worshiping beings, and he tries to distract us from that purpose. The temptation of Messiah reveals that war over our worship and who it's going to. I'm going to read a little bit from Matthew chapter 4, which is the temptation of our Messiah. If you would like to follow along, it's on page 1226 of the sterns, or if you have a different version of scripture. I like the NASB as well. Then um, Matthew chapter 4 is where I'm going to read from for a little bit here. I'm going to begin in verse 1. Then the Spirit led Yeshua up into the wilderness to be tempted by the adversary. And after Yeshua had fasted, Forty days and nights he was hungry, and the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, order these stones to become bread. But he, Yeshua, answers, the Tanakh says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of Adonai. So then the adversary took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he says, jump, for the Tanakh says... He will order his angels to be responsible for you. They will support you with their hands so that you will not hurt your feet on the stones. Interesting, you got the adversary here quoting scripture. It's, adversary is very um, uh, sly, isn't he? Yeshua responds to him, but it also says, don't put Adonai, your God, to the test. Once more, the adversary took him, to the summit of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world with all their glory and says to him, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Away with you, Satan, Yeshua told him, for the Tanakh says, worship Adonai your God and serve only him. Then the adversary let him alone and the angels came and took care of him. So Yeshua here uses uh, Torah to combat the adversary. And the study of Torah itself is Avodah, is great service. It's worship and service to Adonai, and it's also obviously very useful to combat the adversary as well. The adversary here tried to get Yeshua to to worship him, but he doesn't necessarily insist on being worshipped directly in general. He's just happy to divert our attention away from God, really. The adversary seeks to draw our worship away from the Lord and entices us with exactly the things he enticed Yeshua with here, whether it's uh, sustenance or whether it is success and material um, possessions or gain. There's a whole lot of ways the adversary can kind of get in the way. And so that's that's just a diversion. We're not... People out there aren't just trying to worship the adversary, but they get caught up and they get diverted. It's a struggle. <clears throat> you know, it is a struggle for all of us. The people, the Israelites in the book of Exodus, they're being set free from the bondage of Pharaoh, but they still struggle, right? I mean, that's the uh, whole Ten Commandments movie, the uh, the golden calf scene, very entertaining nowadays. It's a struggle. People, they They uh, failed early, and we still fail today. We really have a lot more in common with uh, these biblical characters just in our nature than we were talking about this on a Wednesday night. We're 2,000 years away. We have technology and all this stuff, but people are basically the same as they were back then. Same struggles, same stuff. Humanity really hasn't changed a whole lot in our humanity. It's just what's around us has changed a lot. Rev. Mike of Blessed Memory used to talk a lot about uh, complacency, right? Here's a quote from one of his teachings. Too many times people people become complacent with being taken out of slavery and bondage, being set free from from oppressions of the mind and the spirit, but then it's all too often that the next stage of redemption becomes a warm, cozy place for them to hang out in. And so I think a lot of even spiritual people get kind of caught up in that. They have a a born-again moment of something or something in their life happens. They become very spiritual, start going to church again. They have all this momentum. And then um, there's a tendency to kind of, and it happens to myself, we get a little bit spiritually lazy because like everything in life, there's balance, there's ebbs and flows. And so sometimes worship to Adonai can get... uh, relegated to one day a week, and uh, these things get more attention than spiritual matters, right? Cell phones, I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody of that, trust me. But it's a struggle, and that's what the adversary wants, is us to serve, right, anything other than Adonai. So I have like a New Year's resolution, I've been thinking about that, is I want to improve my avodah, my worship and my service to Adonai, because... That's what I was created to do. So that's my purpose. And so I want to live that purpose out a little better. 2021 was a rough year for many reasons and a really rough year on our family, in particular, and a rough year I know on many of you here. There are some good spots, don't get me wrong. 2021 had some highs, but I am really happy um, to see 2022 arrive. And I am a, a glass half full kind of guy. And I am an optimist, and uh, the, uh, the rose-colored glasses fit just fine. Yes, I like them. I enjoy them, to tell you the truth. And so this year, I'm very hopeful, and uh, I want to improve my Avodah. I want to improve my service and worship to Adonai. I would hope that maybe you would enjoy me in this endeavor. Nothing terribly unbalanced, right? We're not going to go crazy. But maybe just a little bit more effort. Um, to help keep us a little focused and uh, a little less distracted. I was really encouraged. I was reading some, uh, some words out of the book of First Peter. This would be uh, the last uh, verse I have for us today. It's 1 Peter chapter 4. It's on page 1518 of the uh, sterns in front of you, or if you have something else, <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 4. I guess I'll be on the next page, 1519, because I'm going to start in verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. The accomplishing of the goal of all things is close at hand. Therefore, keep alert and self-controlled so that you can pray. More than anything, more than anything, keep loving each other actively because love covers Many sins, I mean to that. Welcome one another into your homes without grumbling, as each one has received some spiritual gift. He should use it to serve others, like good managers of God's many-sided grace. If someone speaks, let him speak God's words. If someone serves, let him do so out of the strength that God supplies, so that in everything, God may be glorified through Yeshua, the Messiah, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen and amen to that. And so I just, that was really, that really sad, just really encouraged me when I read that last night. Service and what you can do, looks there's so many ways to do that. It is uh, giving a ride to somebody. Making something for Oneg and bringing it in to help out the Oneg table a little bit. Um, Even something as simple as praying with or for someone else is service. There's many different ways to just give your efforts. Uh, Even Chris talked about this a little bit at the end of his message last week. Efforts just towards the kingdom and, and striving towards the kingdom because... We serve Adonai, but we can also serve Adonai by extension, by serving others. And we all serve somebody else. No one's serving themselves, but you're being served by other people. Just make the world such a better place. This year, 2022, which I'm happy to see, I'm going to work on serving Adonai better because that's my purpose. So let's stay in the Word. Let's uh, strengthen our Avada, our uh, service. And uh, let's grow uh, our love for one another this year. And so I will close with uh, the book of Jude actually closes with this blessing. And I was reading that too, and that really encouraged me. It goes, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Yeshua our Lord be Glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Shabbat shalom.